today on Crossroads and Culture, I want to just talk to you about how fragile life is and the sovereignty of God. You know, the fragility of life has a way of giving you a wake-up call when you're headed in an ambulance to the hospital with no recollection of the trip there. Since the beginning of the, the month of December, I've battled sickness that, although not initially beginning as COVID, ended up with me in the hospital for six days with COVID, as well as bacterial and viral pneumonia, so double pneumonia. I had no idea of the gravity of the situation until I was later told that I had a 50-50 chance of surviving. And having been discharged from the hospital, and upon hearing someone say, hey, Sean, this is a miracle of God, I've garnered a new perspective on several things that I would like to share with you today on this episode of Crossroads in Culture. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crossroads and Culture. I'm so thankful to be here with you. And as I'm going to just share with you and kind of unfold a little bit of the story that's happened with me uh, in December, the sickness that I experienced, um, there are a lot of things that God has taught me um, and some perspectives that I want to share with you that I would say are, are new but not so new perspectives. And hopefully it'll be encouraging to you. Um, and but yeah, but before I share with you those some of those perspectives, first, I know that there are some who are going to speculate as to whether or not I received the COVID shot and, and that my subsequent illness was due to either having the vaccine or not. I've already been asked that. Um, but, but please know that such speculation is going to lead you to miss the, the, the bigger point and picture uh, of what I want, want to share. The second thing is, is that illness is always hard to experience personally and perhaps even more watch people you go through. Um, you love, uh, watch them go through the difficulty of sickness and be it COVID or cancer or any other type of illness. I, I saw the care of my wife and my family members and the weight of concern was heavy on them. Obviously, um, I, I couldn't have, I, I can't imagine doing this without, without my family. Um, but magnify that with the loss of life that some have experienced in their families and the grieving is deep. <clears throat> the third thing is that I've thought about life and death a great deal this past month. Over the course of my illness, uh, we've had other family members dealing with sickness. We've experienced the birth of our new granddaughter, whom I got to hold for the first time uh, a few days ago uh, since her being born, almost four weeks ago, and have experienced the loss of life of close family members. It's been, a, it's been an up-and-down roller coaster of emotions. But I don't, I don't want you to miss this, that if there's anything that, that needs not be missed— especially in light of what we have collectively seen, heard, and experienced over these past two years, is the fact that life is fragile. It's a vapor. And ultimately, life is not in our hands. Of course, life has always been fragile since that day in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve brought, bought into the lives of the evil one that they could really live, when in actuality, they were never more alive than they would ever be. So, so this is, is more for me than anyone else. But perhaps these new but not so new perspectives might encourage you to live differently today, maybe as you're listening to this, and, and all the days that God sovereignly and graciously chooses to gift to you. You know, God's Word, which has always been a comfort for me, uh, and I love studying God's Word, but over this past um, month uh, or more, I would say God's Word has become so much more um, of a comfort to me. I wish I didn't have to say that. But, but just reading God's Word and, and letting it give peace that really does surpass understanding. Um, 
In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 14 and 15, here's what James writes. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. And that's in James chapter 4. So let me give you some perspectives um, that I've kind of garnered from this. And again, they're, they're, they may be new, but not so new. Uh, to me, it was a, a fresh awakening, if you will. And the first thing is, is that life is fragile. That It's become even more glaringly clear that there's nothing I can do to make life less fragile. But what I can do is hold on to the gospel that speaks to and of the hope we have in Jesus, the one who keeps those who are his now and for eternity. I, I, that's something I realized that that's what I can do is hold on to that truth. In other words, difficult times are, are going to come. That's life in a broken and sin-marred marred world. Uh, and because I can trust in the sovereign goodness of God, I don't have to live paralyzed by fear. I may not be able to, to fully guard my life physically, but I can guard my heart and my mind with the truth of who God is and that his word is faithful and it's true. And where that comes into view practically is daily surrendering all my fears and anxieties to God and resting in the peace of his spirit who abides in every follower of Christ. It's a choosing to believe, again, that God's own word regarding who he is is true. Therefore, I have nothing to fear, that I can surrender my fragile life to the one true and faithful God and know that he holds me to the end. And I'll tell you, in the midst of all of this, there was so much anxiety that I experienced. I've never been an anxious person uh, per se, um, but it has exposed that in me. And in the Gospel of Matthew, verse, or chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus says this, And which of you, by, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And then in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 and 4, which I held on to this verse during this illness, is that you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. That's Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. Those verses, as well as many others, were a huge comfort to me in the, in the midst of this sickness and realizing even more so as you're looking at, at, at really the possibility of death is that life is fragile. Um, and so it stirred in me a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, um, even to the point of experiencing a sense of trauma, um, not even wanting to go to bed at night, closing my eyes, staying up till 2.33, 4 o'clock in the morning, reading, reading scripture, um, and sometimes just staring at the wall uh, because I didn't want to close my eyes. Uh, but God is, was so faithful and has been so faithful to remind me that I can't add any, any single hour to my life and that he keeps me in perfect peace when my, eye, when my mind is stayed on him. So life is fragile, but the other, kind of the other perspective is, I found is that life is brief. Because life is fragile, life is brief. In, in the span of eternity, the, the moments we breathe in and breathe out are but a mist here on earth. And God's word gives us direction, thankfully, how to live, and it's certainly counter to the culture's view to get all you can while you can. The prayer of the psalmist is, is so on point when he prays this in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. He says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. I can attest that there have been moments when I haven't numbered my days. But in light of what I've experienced, my desire is that God would daily remind me by his spirit to get a heart of wisdom so that all my days might be expended for his glory and pointing others to Jesus. I have this confident hope. 
uh, that as I trust in the God who created me, I can live life to the fullest now while awaiting the best life that really is yet to come for all who have placed their faith in Christ. Um, in his book, Don't Waste Your Life, John Piper writes this. He says, My joy grows with every soul that seeks the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Remember, you have one life. That's all. You're made for God. Don't waste it. Life is wasted when we do not grasp the glory of the cross, cherish it for the treasure that it is, and cleave to it as the highest price of every pleasure and deepest comfort in every pain. What was once foolishness to us, a crucified God, must become our wisdom and our power and our only boast in this world. Such a great quote. So life is fragile. Life is brief. Another perspective that I've seen is even more closely is that God is sovereign. That hope isn't realized outside of firm belief in the truth that God is sovereign. And although none of us like to feel a sense of, of lack of control, what we feel doesn't offer hope. Truth about who God is and life found in him does. Thus, the hope we find in the truth of God's word, right? So the gospel and the hope it affords is that upon which all my fears and anxieties can rest. And that's true for you. It's true for all of us. What I discovered in the midst of my own personal illness was that what produced the greatest fear and anxiety in me was knowing I had no control. There wasn't anything that I could that, that could have kept me from getting sick, not a vaccine or therapeutics, nothing. I have no breath outside of what God grants me, and neither do you. So, so yes, there, there, there's a very real insignificant uh, responsibility to live wisely. We, we should. But people who've been vaccinated twice over and boosted have become ill with COVID and unfortunately have died. The same is true for those who've not been vaccinated. But the hard truth to accept, because it goes against the grain of our humanity, is that ultimately we do not hold the power of life and death. So a few days ago, I was reminded of the life of, of John Patton. John Patton was a missionary. Um, in 1866, he and his wife arrived in uh, the New Hebrides as missionaries, uh, which now is is Vanuatu, which I've had the privilege of being able to go to Vanuatu and actually be on the island where John Patton and his wife were. But they were missionaries to people who were cannibals. And in Patton's autobiography, he writes of the people for whom their hearts were burdened. He said this, their whole worship was one of slavish fear, Patton wrote. So far as I could, as ever I could learn, they had no idea of a God of mercy or grace. And so, but, but there were those who, I'm sure, out of genuine concern, allowed the comfort and the safety of this world to veil the wonder and the glory of God's calling on Patton's life. And he records this in his autobiography as well. He's talking about a, a, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Dixon. He said, quote, a certain Mr. Dixon exploded, the cannibals, you will be eaten by cannibals. But to this, Patton responded, Mr. Dixon, you're advanced in years now. I think that was a nice way of saying you're really old. But he said, Mr. Dixon, you're advanced in years now, and your own prospect is soon to be laid in the grave, there to be eaten by worms. I confess to you that if I can but live and die serving and honoring the Lord Jesus, it will make no difference to me whether I'm eating, eaten by cannibals or by worms. And in the great day, my resurrection body will rise as fair as yours in the likeness of our risen Redeemer. Man, you talk about an eternal perspective. This guy had it. But perhaps what encouraged me the most regarding John Patton, who lost his wife, by the way, and his infant child while serving in the New Hebrides, was his view of God's sovereignty and the understanding that we're not in control. He writes this again in his autobiography. Quote, my heart rose up to the Lord Jesus. I saw him watching all the scene. My peace came back to me like a wave from God. I realized that I was immortal till my master's work with me was done. 
the assurance came to me as if a voice out of heaven had spoken that not a musket would be fired to wound us, not a club prevail to strike us, not a spear leave the hand in which it was held vibrating to be thrown, not an arrow leave the bow or a killing stone the fingers without the permission of Jesus Christ, who is all power in heaven and on earth. He rules all nature, animate and inanimate, and restrains even the savage of the South Seas, end quote. You know, stories like this should point us not so much to John Patton and his wife's courage, although I believe they certainly were courageous by the power of God's Spirit at work in them, but the hope-filled sovereign greatness and goodness of God that Scripture illuminates. That my life is immortal until my master's work is done is an assurance that he who began a good work in us will perfect it until the day of Christ. And God may not be calling you or me to, to Vanuatu, the New Hebrides, but he is calling us to deeper understanding of his sovereignty and a more glorious life free of anxiety and fear, full of trust that God is good even when life isn't good or it doesn't feel good, when death comes close or when he may seem far away. You know, when you, the, the, the next observation or the perspective I would say is that conviction of beliefs become clear uh, when you begin to see this and kind of face with death in some sense, but that your convictions are, of beliefs become clear. When you're faced with reality of death, I mean, it's, it's, it's really going to kind of sharpen the focus of what you believe about life and death. John Patton asked this question. He said in his autobiography, If thus thrown back upon your own soul, alone, all alone, in the midnight, in the bush, in the very embrace of death itself, have you a friend that will not fail you then? Now it's, it's a, I didn't ask the question that way. But it's a similar question I wrestled with. In the moments of what felt like, and even physically at times were, aloneness, being in the hospital by myself because of these crazy restrictions, um, that's a whole other podcast probably, but f- f- alone at times physically, and the prospect of death, did I fully believe that God would not fail? That was the question I wrestled with. Not fail in his power to save me from death, but rather would I believe that he had already saved nonetheless? And I can tell you, I've affirmed my hope that this life cannot rob me of what it did not give me. The, the last thing I want to just share with you that I can attest to is that prayer is powerful. And I know that that can come across as cliche. Maybe some, maybe all these that I've shared with you have, but but uh, these have gone from a, a cliche, so to speak, to, to actual, um, there's something to this. Prayer is powerful. I've known this, but to experience this in this way, it has been... Um, refreshing. I, I, and I can't begin to thank enough all who prayed and, and who are continuing to pray for our family and for me as I, as I recover. The road is is going to be a little long with the recovery from uh, of this specifically because of all that I'd gone through. I, I didn't realize that my wife had shared with me the other day that the doctor had said that, that the um, fluids or the stuff in my lungs was building up was actually going up the walls of my lungs. Um, and just to even think about that, again, just so thankful to God. But Many of you have been praying for me, and so thank you so much. I can't express um, what it means to me and my family. The cards, the texts, uh, the calls, the meals, they've been more encouraging than, than you realize. But more than anything else, your prayers have not only sustained us, but, but I believe God has answered for reasons only he knows. Uh, th- there really is power in prayer. But, but even as, as I'm saying this to you, I'm calling to mind those who I know who have lost the battle to COVID-19 or to cancer or, or those families in and friends and people who have walked through a season of grieving recently. I mean, they too prayed and asked God to intervene. And for some reason, in God's sovereignty, he chose to answer differently and in a way that has been marked by pain and sorrow. Nonetheless, 
We pray, not in futility, but in full faith, believing that God's purposes will not be thwarted nor be accomplished without satisfying his good and perfect will. And I've found that it is in his bigness that I can rest in the limitations of my understanding, knowing that his character can be nothing but gracious and good. And I can, t- and he is. God is gracious and good. So I don't know what you're going through right now. Maybe medical struggles, um, things with COVID, cancer, or maybe there's just some other difficulties that you're walking through in life right now, and you're wondering if God sees, if he knows, if he cares. And I will tell you, he sees, he knows, and he absolutely cares. And he is sovereign, which means that he is in complete control. And although what you're going through may be difficult and hard right now, I believe it is not going to be wasted at all. Um, And that's where we trust him fully, that he's going to be true to his character. Life is fragile. God is sovereign. The hope that we have is that Jesus has conquered death. He's conquered sin and death, which is why we talk about the the cross, is that Jesus went to the cross um, bearing our sin, our shame upon himself, um, and, and under the Father's wrath, taking the Father's wrath, so that we, by putting our faith and trust in Jesus, could, could experience the righteousness of Christ. And so, so in knowing what Jesus has done for us, we can have hope that this life is not all that there is, that because the tomb is empty because Jesus is risen from the dead. Um, he's put an exclamation mark on this to say, death is not one. Death does not have the final say. Jesus does because he is sovereign over all creation. I hope that this has been encouraging today uh, to you today. And that if so, that you would share this on your social media platforms with your friends, your family members. Um, but just know that God is worthy of our trust and your fears, your anxieties, your trauma, whatever you've gone through, whatever you're going through, that he's worthy and he is, um, yeah, he's trustworthy enough to give you all of those, to, for you to give those things to him and just experience the peace that he gives us in knowing who he is. So I hope that you uh, enjoy this day that God has given you, this breath God's given you. I look forward to you joining me next time on Crossroads and Culture.